0: What are we discussing on today's podcast? Well, I got a very subject, subjective conversation for y'all today. Power ranking the most trustworthy D backs in the lineup on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day welcome into the lockdown Diamondbacks podcast part of the Lockdown podcast network i'm your host miller thomas it's your team every day on the lockdown podcast network of course catch me online check out my website millerthomas thomas 24.myportfolio.com there you can see all my latest work from my articles to my packages to my photos and my graphic design if you want to see more content by me just follow me on twitter at creatorthomas24 from a personal account, or look up Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram, for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And I want to apologize. Like I said on yesterday's podcast, I'm on vacation. I'm on the beaches of Waikiki in Hawaii. I got myself with me, but I brought, up my, I brought my backup mic with me. The audio can be a little choppy at times, so I apologize to the audio and the YouTube audience. If the audio is not as crisp as usual, maybe I'll do a shorter week this week because I'm on vacation. Maybe I'll take Friday off or something just because I'm not in love with the podcast quality that I'm putting out right now, but We're still going to bang them out for you guys, and if you guys are still listening, thank you. If you listen to the podcast every day during the Hawaii vacation, please put hashtag everydayer on our YouTube channel, Locked on Dimebacks. But let's get into the conversation because I want to do a fun conversation today. Part one today, power ranking the most trustworthy D-backs players in the lineup, and this is completely subjective. This is my opinion. Also, basing it off some knowledge and stats, also the eye test and feelings of when these guys are up at the plate in big moments, you know, pressurized moments, runners in scoring position and stuff like that. These are how I would power power rank the 14 guys the D-backs currently have um, among position players. And then tomorrow, we'll do part two with the pitchers. But let's first start with the position player. And the first, we're going to start from the bottom of the least worthy guy and work our way to the top. I got 14 guys listed here, and the first guy that I want to discuss that's number one in my least trustworthy power rankings is, unfortunately, Alec Thomas, who I love Alec Thomas coming up as a Diamondback through the prospect system. I loved watching him last year, where the first month and a half, he was really good to start his D-backs tenure. He was actually hitting the ball pretty well, and then over the last, what, 50 games, so including this season, Alec Thomas just hasn't been good at the plate, only batting 192, entering a... who entering monday's game against the miami marlins because i'm so far behind being on vacation so alec thomas on the season still batting below 200 with a below 600 ops and just look at some of the other numbers for alec thomas in like high pressurized moments like when the team is behind in the game alec thomas is only batting 200 or so on the season when you have runners in scoring position alec thomas is one of the worst on the team he has like below 500 OPS, like there's not many moments where I trust Alec Thomas with runners and scoring position. It feels like he just doesn't come through enough in those situations. And he's got six strikeouts and 27 at bats to go. He's got six hits and six strikeouts with runners in scoring position, which is probably all you need to know. That's why Alec Thomas is number 14 on my list. Number 13 is Jose Herrera, who is quietly not the worst with runners in scoring position. Like he's actually solid for this D-backs team. When it comes to runners in scoring position, which is like quietly like one of his strengths. That's why, even though he's 13th on my list, he is batting 273 with 749 OPS. So he does put in worker runners in scoring position and just the fact that a trustworthy ranking. And even though the numbers suggest Jose Herrera should be trusted in those situations, and there has been a few games this year, I like could point to where it's like, whoa, Jose Herrera might have got the rally started in that inning. But even with that being said, if we got to the playoffs and it's like, Bases are loaded, two outs, and Jose Herrera's coming up to the plate. Like, he's probably the second least, the, 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 my second least worthy pick of going up to the plate. He's probably the second, uh, how's the best way to say it? He's definitely the second on the list of guys I don't want to see on the plate, right? He, he, he Second least trustworthy player. Is that the best way to say it? If I did the power rankings like I just did, Jose Herrera, second, from the bottom of guys I want to see at the plate in those big moments. So even though the numbers suggest Jose Herrera is actually good in those moments, I don't think personally I would want to see him in those moments. Number 12 might be kind of a shock because he was acquired by the D-backs this year to be a right-hand power bat in free agency, and he has been good in those situations. But in terms of a clutchness, do I trust him in those situations? Evan Longoria, I'm not too sure about it because when the team is excuse me, when the team is behind, Evan Longoria is batting below 200 or below 600 OPS. With runners in scoring position, Longoria has around a 500 OPS and a 215 batting average. Like, the numbers just suggest... And Longoria hasn't been great with runners on or in scoring position this year. Just with runners on, not even in scoring position, just runners on. Longoria has a below 400 OPS this season. There has been a game or two where maybe he hit a clutch home run later in the game to tie it up. I can remember off the top of my head that's happened at least once where I was watching the game this year at the game. Where it's like, whoa, big Evan Longoria home run to tie up the game. But every player on this d team probably has at least one moment this year where they came from the clutch. Does that mean they should be high in this power ranking? No, that's why I have Evan Longoria number 12 of my 14 players in this power ranking for most trustworthy guys i want to see at the plate and then to round out segment number one at number 11 i got Paven smith who is quietly performing really well like let me not take anything away from Paven smith with what he's done so far because um right now when the team is behind evan long uh not Evan gory long- pavin smith is batting over 300 with over 900 ops with runners in scoring position Paven smith over 400 average with over 1300 ops like all the numbers suggest you want Pavin smith up at the plate runners on over 300 average over 1000 ops but it's still Pavin smith and how good he's been at swinging the bat this year i've been impressed i want to see him keep it up i want him to prove me wrong but do i think regression to the mean is coming do i still trust him in a big spot even though the numbers suggest I should. I probably don't right now, even though he's come through consistently, time and time again. And some of this list, as we work through the logic of our power ranked it, you're going to be like, okay, why is that guy there? And why is that guy there? That doesn't make much sense. But again, this is subjective. If you guys disagree with me, you could tell me on Twitter at career times24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter. You could put a comment on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. You can do whatever you want because Peyton Smith, I have him fourth least trustworthy guy, and he's, by the numbers, maybe a top four most trustworthy guy with the numbers this season, but I love Paven Smith. He's a friend of the pod, of course, but do I want to trust him? Because one of the reasons is, you look at seventh inning or later as the game goes on, Paven Smith hasn't been good in those situations. A below a 120 average and below 600 OPS, that's not where Paven Smith thrives. He thrives with runners scoring position, but as the game goes on and gets later in the game, Paven Smith kind of struggles in that area, so I like him. I want to see him performing well, but he's currently 11th, of, he's currently 11th among my 14 players and my most trustworthy power rankings. Now, if you want an app you can trust to place your bets, then you guys need to go to FanDuel Sports book because make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet to $1,000 that's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet is a win and there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book during the playoffs Lakers are playing whenever they're on I'm taking a d22 points LeBron 10 rebounds and D'Lo low 3-3s, plus the Lakers to win a little four-leg parlay. Sometimes it wins, sometimes it cashes, sometimes it doesn't. But either way, as long as the Lakers get the dub, I'm happy at the end of the day. So visit FanDuel Sportsbook um, and use promo code On. So visit FanDuel.com slash LOCKEDON and get a no-sweat-first-bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LOCKEDON. FanDuel, official sportsman partner of the NBA. Let's get through the rest of the power ranking. We just went through number 14, Thomas. Number 13, Jose Herrera. Number 12, Evan Longoria. And number 11, Paven Smith. Now, this is where the, me- the middle of the list, I think, is where it gets really controversial and really debatable. So, let's move on. Number 10, I have Emmanuel Rivera, who's been very solid for the D backs this season. Emmanuel Rivera on the season is batting 407 with 1021 OPS. So you're like, how can I only put him number 10? Well, it's because he's still Emmanuel Rivera, and I still want to see a larger sample size from the season because he still only has third. He only has what? How many at bats? 27 at bats on the year. But I have to give credit to Emmanuel Rivera because he's been one of the clutches. And if you're just talking about like the last week and a half, the last two weeks, then yeah, he deserves to be a top four. But i'm still taking in body of work i'm taking in basically three things like body of work the sample size this season and what you're doing for me right now maybe two things what you're doing this season and how i feel about you overall as a player based off your body of work that i've seen so a guy like Emmanuel rivera even though he's performing hot and great right now like a payment smith i've seen a larger body of work from them where it's like yeah maybe i don't trust them in the biggest spots and so Emmanuel rivera that's why he's here at number 10 but Let me put some respect on his name because when the team is behind this year, Emmanuel Rivera, 375 average and 944 OPS with runners in scoring position. Mm -hmm. Emmanuel Rivera actually currently leads the team. If you're just taking it from this season, he has a... 800 average and, like, a near 2,000 OPS with runners in scoring position. Now, he only has, like, a handful of at-bats, but he's come through in all those at-bats for the D-backs this season. So, Manny Rivera has been insane for this D-backs team, almost a 400 average and almost 900 OPS with runners on Manny Rivera. Seventh inning or later, over 400 average and over 1,100 OPS. Manny Rivera has been dominant for the D-backs this season in his small sample size. That's why I'm, like, like a pavement Smith. The sample sizes are too small Give me another month because maybe this could be a monthly power ranking that we do. I think that'd be kind of fun on the Lock and Diebacks podcast. So maybe we check in first week, second week of June and redo these power rankings. But as it currently stands with the two and a half week, three week sample size that we got for Emmanuel Rivera and Paven Smith, even killing it, but they're still toward the bottom of my rankings because of my overall feeling for both of them. Paven Smith, I still don't trust him as a power bat. Then a and then Emmanuel Rivera. I mean, he's been good since coming over to the D-backs, but I don't know how much I trust it overall. Maybe I have to start changing my tone with Manu Rivera because he was decent when he first started with the D-backs last year. Like, he started off really hot when he first acquired, then he got cold. That's kind of my hesitation with him this year. Is it going to be another scenario where he starts off really hot the first three weeks, and then by month three, it's like, okay, this guy can't hit a ball. He he can't throw a golf ball into the ocean right now, which is, like, not a good baseball analogy. But for Manny Rivera... I think number 10 is fine with him right now, but now this is where the rest of the list gets pretty controversial because, again, it's my gut and my feeling, and it's a a subjective list, and so that's why at number 9, I have Dominic Fletcher, who has probably the smallest sample size of anyone on here, but there's just something about Fletcher when he's up at the plate, I don't know, in the 21 at-bets he has... Entering the first game of the series against the Marlins, he's batting 429 with 10.02 or OPS, and he just seems different at the plate than most of these other guys I just mentioned. He just seems like years behind, years beyond being a rookie like we discussed. He just seems so mature and like a veteran, and I feel like he doesn't get fooled a lot. I feel like he just knows when to swing the bat. What part of the zone he wants to attack. And he just seems so smart up there. And he was crushing it in minor leagues as well. So it doesn't seem like a complete fluke when you look at Dominic Fletcher. And he only has four strikeouts to two walks. Like he's barely struck out in the small sample size he's had on the major league level. Which I think has just been really impressive. He's impressed me a lot. And when you look at the numbers, when the team is behind, Fletcher over 300 average, over 900 OPS. runners in scoring position. Again, that's very small sample size. But he's two for four. Entering Monday's game against the Miami Marlins with runners on, Dominic Fletcher has over 500 average and over 1300 OPS. So this is someone that's good, and he's really good. Seventh inning or later, Dominic Fletcher over 400 average, over 1100 OPS. I know he's a rookie. I know it's probably crazy to put him this high on the list, or maybe it's crazy to put him this low on the list. Because next up, I have Kettl Marte, who, is, by the numbers, should maybe be last, even below Alec Thompson, because by the numbers. With runners in scoring position, with those high leverage moments, Ketel Marte had not been good for the D-backs this season. And on the year, his normal slash line entering the game, the first game against the Marlins, a 267 average, 837 OPS. So, like, those numbers are solid. But... There's still a bunch of guys that have more RBIs than Quentin Marte on the season. Like, Moreno's tied with Ketamarte Marte with 15 RBIs. Of course, Walker has more. Perdoma has more. Rojas has more. Gurriel has more. Paven Smith already gets 12. So it's like Ketamarte, Marte, who is maybe the best player in the lineup pre-Corbin Carroll being called up, not exactly being an RBI producer anymore for the D-backs is kind of weird. And it makes sense when you look at some of the numbers because... When the team is behind, keto Marte is batting below 200 with the below 700 OPS. When there's runners in scoring position, keto Marte is literally dead last on the team in OPS who below 400 OPS and below a 200 average. Like He's just not good in those situations and I don't know what case is. Runners in scoring position, two outs. Marte, lowest OPS on the team. So it's like, it's hard to trust the guy when he's so bad with runners in scoring position. If you give me, Seventh inning or later, Ketel Marte still has a below a 700 OPS and a 250 batting average. So as much as I love Ketel Marte, as much as I still think he's a, one of the best second basemen in baseball and someone that I want to see on field every day, He's not someone I necessarily want in a big moment for this D-X team because he hasn't come through enough this season or even last season. So Kenta Marte, that's why he's on the middle of this list because I think he has enough talent to be in the top three. But with how he's performed the last 80, 90 games of his career, I think it's fine to put him at number eight. Number seven, I got Gabriel Moreno. And a guy like Moreno, again, with the numbers, he should probably be below a Dominic Fletcher, a Rivera, a Paven Smith, but Moreno is someone that I do have some trust in, and I've seen him come through with some big moments, and he doesn't always have to do it with a big home run because Moreno is not someone that's going to have a whole bunch of over-the-fence power, but Moreno is a professional hitter on the season. Moreno is batting .294. Now his OPS is super low um doesn't really get on base as much as you want. Two walks on the whole season to 20 strikeouts entering Monday's game against Miami. But Moreno is someone that I do have a little bit of trust in when I see him at the plate. Um, maybe it's more of a table setter than in a high leverage moment. But I feel like Moreno is someone that you can trust as the game gets later in the ball game. Moreno with over a 300 average when it's the 7th inning or later and a over 700 OPS, which is just solid. His OPS is higher than what it is normally when it's not the 7th inning or later. So Moreno is someone that gets better as the game progresses. And when it's runners in score position, and two outs. Moreno, over a 400 average and a 900 OPS. So you can't trust him in the absolute biggest moments of a ball game. So that's why I have Moreno at number seven. Even though I probably consider him more of a table setter than the guy that I trust in a big high leverage moment. But because he's such a professional hitter, I feel like he's always going to put a good plate appearance together. That's why I trust him because I just think at any moment he can lay down a single or even just a ground ball and potentially beat it out as well. And then number six on this power ranking is Nick Ahmed, which might seem kind of crazy. But Nick Ahmed is quietly one of the best D-backs players when it comes to runners in scoring position. And he kind of always has been the last couple years. Now, when the team is behind, Nick Ahmed is not good in those situations. But where runners in scoring position, like Nick Ahmed is batting over 300 in that scenario this season. And I feel like whenever there are runners on the bases like Nick Ahmed... Typically comes alive a two eighty average this season with runners on. And it's like, yeah, he's not going to. He's like Moreno. like He's not going to have the over-the-fence power. He's not going to have. And maybe it's crazy to put Moreno. Or maybe it's crazy to put Nick Ahmed ahead of Ketan Marte. But because the numbers are just so bad with Ketamarte. Marte. Like, overall, as a player, this is not a power-ranking player. This is not a power-ranking of just straight talent And if I was starting a franchise with these guys. This is just strictly trustworthy confidence rankings. In a big moment, I need someone to deliver a big hit for my team for the win. I think I would pick a Nick Ahmed over a Marte right now. Now, if you're telling me each one of them get four or five at-bats in a ball game, who would I rather have? Who would I rather have in the middle of my lineup, at the top of my lineup? Yeah, it's Marte over Nick Ahmed. But if it's two outs, ninth inning, and it's to win the game, I think I want Nick Ahmed at the plate over Ken Marte with how they've played this season. Nick Ahmed just seems to have that slick Nick clutch factor to him, so I can't hate when Nick Ahmed at number six on my list. But now we have to talk about the top five, but don't forget to catch every D-backs hometown pitch from your hometown broadcast when you download SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks on the app store. Let's move on. Let's talk about the top five in our power rankings right now for most trustworthy D-backs I would watch at the plate. Excuse me, I got a little hair in my mouth in a big moment. And at number five, I'm just so gross for you guys on camera. If you guys watch the Locked On Dimebacks YouTube channel, I am so sorry for you guys because I just do the most random things. I'm just so unprofessional on camera. I don't know why they got, I don't know why Locked On on YouTube. I am just not the, I love being on camera. I love seeing my face, but I am just not the best guy to be on. I am doing crazy stuff most of the time when I'm on camera. So shout out to anyone who watches the Locked On Dimex YouTube channel. Put hashtag every day or if you listen every day to the Locked On Dimex YouTube channel. But let's get back into the podcast number five in my power ranking now is christian walker who you could even say that's a too low for christian walker because he currently leads the d-backs and rbis by a good amount with 26 he's got a 280 average and a 851 ops on the season now so we know christian walker is heating up but a lot of the numbers aren't great with christian walker with the runners in scoring position like the team is behind. Christian Walker has like a 200 average with a barely below 800 OPS where runners in scoring position. Christian Walker is like actually not that good for the D backs this season. A below a 550 OPS, a below a 175 average. But you still trust a Christian Walker in the biggest moments of the game. He's a near 800 OPS when runners are scoring position with two outs, which is a really good number. And the way Christian Walker's swayed the bat over the last few weeks, and again, he's the guy with. I'm looking at the larger body of work. Since he's coming over to the Dimebacks, since the D-backs start playing in 2019, this has been one of the most clutch players for the D-backs team. This has been one of their biggest RBI producers. And even though... numbers right now say Christian Walker isn't good when we're under the scoring position I don't care this is one of those gut checks this is one of those things where it's like if I see Christian Walker at the plate and there's 2 on, like at any moment this guy could take a yard this guy could hit a double off the wall and there's just not many D-backs players could do that like we talked about it I think on yesterday's podcast or maybe a different podcast like um, when you look at this team this year compared to last year, Like losing Dalton Varsho is big for the power department because now it's like who's the best, the second best power hitter on this D-backs team? Gordon Carroll, Gurriel, Ketan Marte. Like, it kind of falls off big after Christian Walker. So that's, like, that's why he's number five in my power ranking because there's not many dudes, and he's the biggest guy on this team when it comes to changing the game in one swing of a bat. No one is better at doing that on the D-backs team than Christian Walker. That's why he's number five on my list. The wind is really howling here, so just kicking in the window right next to me, if you guys can hear that. Just such an annoying sound, and I really wish it would stop. Number four on my power ranking is Josh Rujas, who has had a really fine season for the D-backs this year. He's struggling a lot recently over the last two weeks because Josh Rojas at one point was one of the hottest D-backs on the team and now he's batting like 260 with a below 700 OPS and that's because over the last 28 days, the last 22 games, Rojas is only batting 213 with a below 600 OPS. So maybe he shouldn't be above Christian Walker, but still on the season, when you look at the numbers, Josh Rojas still plays out as one of the more clutch guys on this team because when the team is behind in a game, Rojas is batting 273. When you got runners in scoring position, Rojas is still batting 400 with over 900 OPS. When it's runners just on the bases, Rojas has over a 300 average. So it's like a lot of the numbers still suggest, even though he's really bad right now in terms of a slash line, a lot of the numbers still suggest Rojas, when there's runners on, runners in scoring position, this is still someone that you want at the plate to come through for you in a big moment. Runners on, or excuse me, runners in scoring position with two outs, rojas is three for six in those scenarios with three rbis and three walks so this is someone when there's pressure on biggest moments of the game rojas i think is someone that does step up in those moments and again he's a swaggy kind of a guy maybe i should rethink in this list put a christian walker ahead of a josh rojas i think i'm going to do that right now on the Fly, so i'm gonna put rojas number five and actually christian walker number four but that's the only part of this list that i want to change because i think the rest of the list i'm pretty confident in so New list Alec Thomas 14, Herrera 13, Longoria 12, Paven Smith 11, Rivera 10, Fletcher 9, Marte 8, Moreno 7, Ahmed 6, Rojas 5, Walker Four and then at number three, I got Lords Guriel, who we've seen the clutchness from this most week uh, from this most recent weekend series against the Washington Nationals, where he hit a couple home runs and the game tying home run as well. And Lords Guriel had just been phenomenal since coming over from the Blue Jays this season. On the season, he's batting 310 with an 885 OPS entering Monday's game of against the Miami Marlins. And it's just been great to see from Guriel. He's been phenomenal for the D-backs this year. When the D-backs have runners in scoring position, Gurriel has almost a 900 OPS with almost a 300 batting average. When it's the when D-backs have runners on, Gurriel has almost Gurriel is above a 350 average with over a thousand OPS. And when the D-backs, it's seventh inning or later, Gurriel over 350 average and 950 OPS above. So this is someone again that heats up as we get later into the ball game, runners on. Scoring position, it doesn't matter. This is something you want at the plate at all times. Guriel, is someone that has earned my trust this season. I love the purple hair. Reminds me of one of those trolls from back in the day. So Guriel is currently number three on this list. And then number two, the top two, the top three, I think you could put maybe in any order. Maybe. I think the top three is locked in. And number two here, maybe number two could be controversial because at number two, once I tell you number two, you of course are going to know who number one is. At number two, I have a rookie of the year favorite, Corbin. Carroll is the second most trustworthy player I want in a big moment because the numbers suggest that as well. When the team is behind, Corbin Carroll is the best player on the D-backs. He's batting over 400 with over 1,200 OPS. He puts the team on his back when they are behind a ball game. He could be better at runners in scoring position, but with how dynamic he is as a player... And he doesn't really strike out that much with runners in scoring position. Four walks to six strikeouts. He puts together good at-bats for runners in scoring position. Another reason why I trust him in those moments. But when runners are on, he has over a 300 average with a 900 OPS. And when it's the seventh inning or later, Carroll has over a 350 average and over a 1,000 OPS in those scenarios. So Corbin Carroll like Aguriel gets better as the game goes on great in runners scoring position and runners on but because he's so dynamic that's why he's above Aguriel because he can bunt to get on the base he can hit for power over the fence power gap power he can just do so much more at plate than Aguriel that's why I have a Corbin Carroll at the number two on this list but he is not above a number one, who is Geraldo Perdomo, who might be the best player in Major League Baseball as it currently stands because entering Monday's game, he's batting 380 with a with over a 1,000 OPS. And Perdomo has just been insane for the D-backs this year because he's second to Corbin Carroll when the team is behind. He has over a 350 average and the second best OPS on the team with over a 1,200 OPS in the scenarios. He's the second best player with runners in scoring position, just behind Emmanuel Rivera who only has a handful of opportunities. Perdomo has 11 hits and 23 at-bats with runners in scoring position. By far the best OPS with 1571 OPS on this D-backs team. Like, Perdomo, any clutch that you want to look at, he's top three on the D-backs team when you look at runners on. And the two people ahead of him are Dominic Fletcher and Kyle Lewis. so... Super small sample size. Perdomo has 37 at-bats with runners on. He has a 432 average and a 1284 OPS entering Monday's game. You look at 7th inning or later. Perdomo, once again, one of the best D-backs on his team. The only guys ahead of him in terms of OPS. Tom Nick Fletcher, Amin Rivera, and Kyle Lewis. Perdomo has over a 1,000 OPS and a 400 average when it's the 7th inning or later. And then you look at scoring position. With two outs, Perdomo, only guy ahead of him, Manu Rivera. Perdomo has a 385 average and a 1390 OPS. Perdomo is quite literally the best player in like every stat. Runners on, scoring position, two outs in scoring position, seventh inning or later. High leverage, don't matter what it is. Perdomo, even though he only plays like half the time because of the platoon situation, there's no one I would rather trust at the plate than a Geraldo Perdomo. Now that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two, where we power rank the pitchers of who we trust the most. Thank you to the Lockdown. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens to the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. If you listen to the podcast every day, put hashtag every day on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And thank you for being on Diamondbacks. Your first listen every day. Please come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Doses.